today are Richard and Ian, and we're back again with another tier list. Now, this is a tier list that's been requested uh, multiple times. If you guys have seen our other supplement tier list videos, we have one for Gondor at War, War and Rohan, and Defense of the North. So this tier list is going to cover the three uh, smaller books. We'll be combining them into one tier list since they don't have as many legions, and uh, we'll just give our thoughts. Before we get started, just want to thank our patrons for their support. If you're interested in our perks and uh, some of our episodes that are extended and watch episodes early, head over to Patreon to check them out. Link is in the description. Okay, let's dive in. So these legions will be from Fall the Necromancer, Quest of the Ringbearer, and Scouring of the Shire. Okay, so the first legion we have is the Black Riders. I mean, the, like, the big one is stacking those. The, the negative courage is huge. I mean, it kind of depends on the points value, right? But that's that's nasty. This is like no charge city. Like you, This might be one of the few armies where, like, unless you have a direct counter for courage, like, you're not going to do anything all game. You just, like, your opponent can just walk around and do whatever the hell they want. This legendary legion has taken FAQ nerf, so you can no longer... Pop your ring wraith, use all the will on one spell to disintegrate right away. Because a common tactic right in the beginning was, you know, go stand on the objective first turn and then just, you know, destroy all your ring wraiths or enough so the game ends and then you instantly win the game by like one VP, right? Or just, yeah, assassinate the enemy leader with a bajillion black darts and then the game's over. Turn two. It's definitely taken some tournaments. Now, locally, you haven't seen them that much, but I know that in other communities, this was considered really unfun to play and also ridiculously strong until the FAQ. It's still really solid. It's just, it's more of a higher ceiling list. Viewers remember our hard, hardest to play armies. This was one of my picks just because it's such a low model count. And then you also have to know how to take advantage of their spells as well as an all hero army. That's all one attacks uh, to be able to... Uh, face armies that are um, several times your size, typically. I still think it's probably very, very good in the hands of a really good player, but it's also probably top two, like, most unfun armies to play against in general. So <laughs> I guess in Lord of the Rings, um, we do pride ourselves in this game system to, you know, be good sports and also be have a good time, even in the competitive scene. So I think maybe... That's probably the biggest deterrent for not seeing it as often. I'm sitting at probably a Valor and before the nerf, easy, easy legend. And now it's like, I think the person that's playing, they can't just end the game right away. So they have to know how to uh, finish the rest of the game, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and there's probably certain scenarios and matchups that would be really, really tough on them. Yeah. So I, I would agree with the Valor rating. Yeah, I'd probably put it in there because it, it's hard for them to get themselves killed to end games now because they don't lose will in combat. So it's still like a high, high skill army and you can do you can get some big wins, I think, with it. But uh, the, the learning cap is super high. All right. So the next Legion is Breaking of the Fellowship. So this is basically uh, Ammon Hand Fellowship, the Fellowship minus Gandalf. And each of them have like a, an additional special rule. Every model gets Warfy Spirit. Everyone is a banner effect to each other. 
I think the individual special rules, some of like I would say half of them are good and decent. The other half are almost irrelevant. The main ones are the ones that affect all the models, like the banner each other and then the fortify spirit. Like it's actually really, really tough because you know, the biggest counter to these big heroes are usually magic and you can't shut them down. This is a very interesting list because I wouldn't say unplayable in other points, but it's almost built for, I believe, 600 points if you take all of them. And it's it works very, very well. And I think it's really cool. That's how they designed it. But, you know, once you have to play at different points level where you're playing points down or you have to take a member or two out of the fellowship, then it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. I think it definitely has potential, but when all your heroes are on foot, even your big hitters, um, there's just so many disadvantages that you have. And having four hobbits in the list, you know, you have like a few easy targets there. Not ideal for scenarios like Fog War or Assassination. Um, so I actually think that it has a lot of potential, like you said, but being on foot and the four hobbits really drags this list down. Honestly, I really like this Legion. Like, I think this is what Legion should be. It's so much fun. Like, it just gives them all, like, some nice specific rules. It makes them better. It makes the, the Fellowship, like, actually a little bit more viable, like, in a competitive setting. But it doesn't break anything. It's not crazy, right? And, like, the limitations that you have, like, no Gandalf in the list is big. And, like, the equipment limitations is big. Like, no horses available. And, and it is fun, and I think it can win games, but I don't think it's going to curb stomp people. So I, I, yeah, I'd probably put it somewhere around a fortitude. Like, it's going to win games, but it's not going to, like, dominate or crush. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think it's much better than Pure Fellowship at 600, but, but yeah, I would agree, fortitude. Next, we have Depths of Moria. There's been several occasions on different episodes that we've talked about the Balrog, and I know... We've probably not given him the best rating, but of course, if you're going to play the Balrog, you play him in this Legion. And I don't know. I think the Balrog profile in itself is not too crazy. He's probably around the Fortitude level for me, but I don't know. Maybe this Legion as a whole, because of stuff like the Bear Door special rule, like that, that is really, really, really good. And then obviously he's more dangerous with um some of the other like set of blaze rules so i don't know it, it kind of like edges into valor maybe for me here because i don't think it's a world beater but i've been in like big tournaments 800 point lists and stuff and it's kind of scary like you know you you know you can beat the balrog but sometimes you don't really want to play this legion because you can't even break them properly I, yeah, I, I, I think I'm kind of, I'm siding with Richard, I think, a little bit just with this, because it kind of, again, it makes the Balrog and drums viable, and the buffs that they get are pretty good for the special rules. Like, having a banner is great for those scenarios where it counts as VPs, but also not breaking is huge for not coughing up VPs, and that's in every scenario. So, like, th there are other ways to run Moria, but if you're going to run the Balrog, it's got to be this way, I think. Yeah. We, we talked about it in one of our top beginners armies. The plus one fight buff is, is really good. It really simplifies army bonus that Moria has. The downside, though, is you don't get the a lot of the good Moria heroes that have three might. 
And also you're missing some really good Moria things like bat swarms, for example. You don't have access to them. I'm perfectly fine with this one sitting in 4 2 or Valor. I've seen some people find success with it at tournaments. Personally, I've never played it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm okay with like a low Valor. I think I think it can do well, for sure. Yeah, maybe like bottom of Valor. All right. Next, we have Lurtz's Scouts. Oh, this is one that we've definitely got off the wrong impression uh, looking at it when the book first came out. Yeah, it was quite underwhelming when when, when uh, this Legion first came out. So does this one not get animosity? No. No. Oh. 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 But but that's the, that was the thing, right? Animosity with the Uglux scouts. Well, we're not raiding that Legion today, but the issue with that one is the difference in move speeds, right? I would say for Lurtz's scouts. Any legion or army that provides like the ability to get like free points on warriors can be very underrated. Kind of like the Easterling Black Dragons, you know, you're getting well for that one, you're getting the two two points for free for each free black dragon. And then, you know, getting the free Malher's Raiders upgrade, like that is that adds up quickly, you know. It doesn't seem like a big rule, but you know, you're getting free points on every single one of your models. Yeah. Yeah. I know one person uh, locally, Marcus, uh, on the Duran show, he's, I think he won Adepticon one year with it. They don't have access to spears. But with a drum in the list and then also a base movement of eight, you can wrap around battle lines. And, and also they're so cheap, right? So you have so many of them. And um, it actually looks a lot better than it than it does on paper because like richard said you know none of the rules here look that all that significant you know i i don't actually value either of lurch's special rules in this legion that much it's it's mostly because of the free upgrade that makes us so good i would put this one in valor as well but higher than depths of moria yeah i think it's definitely in that region who whether it's above depths of moria or not it's not like necessarily like a list that we're seeing dominating any metas. That's true. I was gonna say, what the heck did I miss? I thought this was still underwhelming as 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 fuck. I mean, yeah, I the, the extra upgrades are good if you want to run a scout list. Absolutely, do this. But I don't know. Does, does an Uglix list also get the movement eight for free? Yeah. You just have half the half your army running around like uh, six inches. The the main thing with this list is the fact that you're running eight inches base. You have a drum to go up to eleven inches, and then you have a lot of heroic marchers. You're going up to fourteen inches, just running around with like fifty models. And then you're if you're shooting and harassing, they're still moving seven inches and shooting their urukai bows. So they play completely different than Uglex scouts. Okay, how about this? I say that it edges out Death of Moria because I find this one easier to navigate. I gotta disagree here. I think I think that Balrog and Unbreakable Goblins, that's an A move list, you know. You just move forward and you know, fight and you'll do well. I think Lursa Scales will take some nuance because you're relying on the mobility. Looks like Ian agrees with you. 
I don't have a dog in this fight. I, I, I'm I'm just I'm still a little flabbergasted right now that it's it's even getting up there. I'm not choosing sides. Ian wants to put it in minor. I don't want to put it that low. I just <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe I just I actually I don't know if I've ever played against it. Maybe that's what it is. Okay, the next one is the last one from Quest of the Ring Bear, and it is Kirith Ungol. So this is a list with Shagrat, Gorbag, and Shelob, and uh, it has animosity between uh, Motor Orcs and uh, Motor Orcs. This one I do like. The animosity is, is good. There you go, Richard. The, the Urukai aren't running away from the Orcs in this one. <laughs> the competition between Shagrat and Gorbag is cool. Uh, so then you get those who combine with like a boosted up Shellob, and, and actually you do have three credible combat threats that are all pretty cheap, so you still get good numbers in addition to three like reasonable combat heroes. Yeah, I, I really like this one. I really like this one as well, and thematically I think it was one of my favorites in this book. But I think Charles and I tested out a few games of this when it first came out. On paper, it looks quite strong. But our issue was that we didn't really find a points level that you can really optimize with it. It always seemed a little bit awkward. We couldn't really get like a good balance between the Orcs and the Urukai. And I don't know, maybe we just didn't have enough um, testing required, but it didn't get to a point where we felt like this is a really strong list. And the other thing is uh, the Mordor Urukai typically in the Mordor list is not known to be the most points efficient profile. So you're stuck with half your army taking these guys. And yes, animosity makes them a lot better, but still like compared to Mordor Orcs, they are not as good in value. And so there's that too. But, but yeah, I agree with Ian. The heroes are pretty solid. Personally, I would still put it in fortitude um although maybe near the top do you guys agree with that if lurts is going up there then shagrat's going up there that's where i stand <laughs> uh yeah i mean i personally would have probably agree with charles but i see your argument if i mean it's the same right like if it's in valor it's still going to be behind lurts and scouts I think. <laughs> Not for Ian. <laughs> fine, fine. It, it's got up there. I'm, I'm going to, I'll settle for that. Okay. We're, we're loading up the Valor tier here. Don't worry, the next one won't be Valor tier. <laughs> so we have Defenders of the Shire. This is the, the Hobbit Legend of the Legion from Scouring the Shire. So this one, it basically, um, previously, before uh, this edition, you know, there's a maximum amount of hobbits that you can take. And basically, this legion allows you to uh, play at, like, a higher points of hobbits. Traps and more traps. Yeah, so... Isn't that what the Green Dragon says? Traps win games? So doesn't doesn't this one win all the games? Honestly, with all the bonuses, like, all the different hobbit heroes that, that exist now, and all the different bonuses you can get, you can do some nasty combos. So I think it kind of makes the hobbit list viable again. Whereas, you know, it, it kind of lost that just running a pure list right now. Is it amazing? I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen it out that much. But I like the fun, the stuff that it has. It's still going to be like, a, you know, 30 bows shooting at you. And then when you close in, another 90 throwing rocks. That hurts. It's essentially a super horde army uh, that is 
not that good in, at much else other than like the objective capturing scenario pools. We talked about this in the Command of the Battlefield episode back in the day, and we argued that it might be one of the best Command the Battlefield armies of all time, just just because of the sheer numbers you can have, and you could be everywhere at once if you want, but the stat line of the troops are pretty terrible. So in order to win any game that's not like a capture objective sort of scenario, you've, you've got to be a pretty experienced player, you've got to know what you're doing, and uh, definitely controlling so many models at once is definitely challenging. I still can see it winning like a chunk of the scenarios. Like it's it's still good at maybe a third of the scenarios. I think it can do really well. So I wouldn't say it's it's a terrible army. On paper, it actually doesn't seem that bad. But I I wonder if the reason why we don't see it as often is because hobbits are so much more expensive and you need so many of them. Like it's like a price barrier kind of thing because it's like Goblin Town numbers but like maybe 10 times the price yeah it also depends on i think your meta and like how much terrain you have on the board the hobbits move four inches so that's a whole inch less than the goblins and they do not have a lot of heroes with might around to boost that up so if you're playing on boards that have even like like just like the 33 percent terrain and then there's some like channels that you have to go through this army can really just get bogged down and not end up doing anything because yeah. they need to spread out without having because they don't have spirit supports they need to be in really long lines and wrapping around um Wait. Ian, i'm not i'm not trying to argue it's better than goblin town i'm just <laughs> i'm just using it as a comparable i i know goblin town is better yeah um, yeah yeah i i just said like I'm, i just mean in general like horde armies is what i meant yeah from that I, aspect they get yeah. hordes differently right yeah but i think i'm just arguing that if there was a cheaper way to collect it i think it could be a bit more popular mm-hmm. this might be a hot take i think i would put in bottom of fortitude no not hot take for me i think i would agree with that I'm below the breaking of the fellowship like i think there's some potential there but because, I, I mean, if you're going to spend, like, $2,000 on an army, you might as well play Dragon Emperor, right? Exactly. <laughs> play one that's actually in the legend tier. They pay me to win. We're not here to have fun. Okay, so the next one we have is the Evil Legion from this book. And it is called the Chiefs Ruffians. Oh, Chiefs Ruffians. Yeah, so this one is pretty similar to playing pure ruffians. You know, it has a lot of small special rules, like Sharky gains hatred hobbits, Sharky standfast as battlefield wide, uh, ruffians get plus one to hit with their whips, ruffians within six inches of Sharky can use his courage, and then when they're broken, they get one more courage. The last thing is, before you can start hoarding out warbands without heroes, you have to take all the named heroes. So it's slightly less spammy than the pure list where you don't have to take all the named heroes but you are forced to take bill fernie which was one of our worst hero contenders i mean like most of the other heroes you're going to end up taking though just because they have might points and like nifty special rules and they're not that expensive and i i i think that those courage buffs are probably pretty big and like the whips thing 
is like is big because like the way I've seen ruffians run before is you just give everybody whips and then it just kind of does like the corsair thing where it's like one guy goes into like any hero and then just like the next like ten guys around just whip into that combat kill the guy do some wounds to the hero maybe and that's that's it that's the strategy but it's like disgustingly effective is it just me or when when we start thinking about like the worst army or worst legendary legion in the game like I instantly think of this one. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe there's some worse ones, but maybe we should do an episode on that. But that kind of feels like the the answer to me right away. So I don't know. It would probably be like an independent tier for me, but what do you guys think? I, I think with the buffs in this Legion, there's an argument for Minor Hero. But the thing is, most of the buffs are to, to Courage, but that's not really what the this army needs i feel like they need a way to actually hit things and deal damage at least with the hobbits you have good shooting and you have a couple heroes that you know can can hero strike can can do a little bit of damage uh, you know you have sheriffs with two-handed weapons and stuff here that's like missing from the army so it feels like they can only play one type of scenario well where you're just they're less likely to run away and they're they can charge terrifying enemies better, but the thing is, they are still terrible in combat. Okay, <laughs> so. I probably shouldn't have used the phrase "disgustingly effective" about a minute ago. That was like a little bit of an over exaggeration, but it is an effective strategy running that many whips. I may have slightly exaggerated my badass story too. Uh, maybe it's a minor. Plus one to hit is nice, but when it's strength one. Yeah. Okay. If if we're gonna go minor here, I I would like each of you to give me one army or legion that is worse. Because if you can't, then we can't say there's no independent armies and legions. Because are we saying this is better than Men of the West and Riders of Aylmer? Fools of Isengard. <laughs> I feel like those are kind of honestly though. <laughs> yeah, but like. If this went up, okay, this is a great thing to do. But like, if you compared like this fighting riders of Amer, I think I think this wins. Does Wait, are, are ruffians fight two or fight three? Can they get to fight three? No. Well, is they're fighting? Like, they're fight two. Is there any way for them to get fight three with one of the heroes? Oh, no, there isn't. Oh. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> All right, yeah, put it in my independent. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, down there. All right, so we're on now on to Fall of the Necromancer. And the first one is uh, Rise of the Necromancer. So this one, before the Legion even came out, it, it was already popular that people were taking an all-hero, you know, Necromancer with the Wraiths. This one just gives, gives it a few buffs. I wouldn't say exactly it was popular beforehand. I mean, I guess, I guess people did run it, but... It was a bit of a meme, I would say. Well, um, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was super competitive necessarily, but I did see it quite a quite a bit. Ian, you can speak more on this because um, you've you've done uh, fairly well with this list. <laughs> I did well with the pure well with the 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 normal army list allied into something else. I've only run the Legion once, and it was frustrating. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that. Portland tournament that you got second in, it was with an alliance. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it is an all-hero list, which is there's not that many super competitive ones. We've covered 
a few of them on on this tier list already, you know, and I definitely don't think this one is on that level of either the Black Riders or the Breaking of the Fellowship. Yeah. I know it's not just our meta. I've also seen, you know, a lot of like lists in the GBHL that, you know, elves are quite prominent. So competitively right now in a tournament, it's very, very likely you're going to come up at least against one elf list um, if you're going for podium. So that's the weakness, but it's a big weakness. So the one game that I played with this list, I played against a Rohan list, which has tons of fight five on the Royal Guard, on the heroes. And I think it ended up being a draw. And for like both myself and my opponent, like I mean, I wasn't used to the play style of the list, but having your most of your things just die every turn and you're just like, please, you're like, you know they're gonna come back to life. So you're not like super worried, but you're just like, please, I just need to win a fight so I can maybe try and kill something. Like please, 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 please. So it's like I found that really frustrating. He was getting frustrated because nothing was actually dying. And it was just like, yeah, it was like a really grindy game and it was like it was kind of boring. I don't know. It's it's not my style. I I didn't love playing it. I think it still has some competitive roots just because like yeah, if you have that many Nazgul around that just keep on like not dying and you have like a reasonable amount of time to like play throughout the game, to play out the game, it's going to win games. It's just going to outlast whatever it's fighting. And the Necromancer is much more viable as a threat in this Legion with all the buffs that it gets. I know Richard said he would put it behind the two all-hero legions. I actually put it around the same as uh, Breaking the Fellowship, personally, because I can see it having more potential than Breaking the Fellowship. You have higher numbers. Sure, you don't have as many different abilities, but more models is better in, in, in a lot of cases. And also, there there just isn't like a weak link like yeah. with Arian Pippin. There's more models that are competent. So, Ian, you agree with Charles that it should be above Breaking? Mm. They're pretty close to each other, honestly. Like, I don't, I don't know if it makes much of a difference which one's above the other for me. Yeah, I think we'll leave it up to Richard. I, I think they're about even. Okay. Okay. Next, we have Pits of Dolgolder. So this is Azog when he's in Dogoldur in Desolation of Smog? Yeah, uh, apparently this is the uh, East Coast meta right now. The Nova Open 2023. Apparently this was the most prevalent list there. Maybe like around six or seven of these. So that's interesting. But to be fair, it was... One of the first time that uh, Nova went down to 650 points when it's usually 800 points. So I personally think it's very, very strong, but um, I don't think it scales well into larger points. I think it's good when, you know, it's at lower points when there's maybe one big enemy hero that you can surprise ambush with Azog and just kill it. But then once you get to multiple uh, heroes in the game or casters, I think that's when um, it loses its teeth a bit. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to say. It's the the surprise attack is devastating rule, but you know you have one big hitter. So how would you guys average it? Because I wouldn't say it's good at like 800 or or above. You know, I played against one last year at 800 points, and the ambush didn't do all that much. 
I agree with that. But then I think it seems like at 650 or under, it's it could be a legend. You know, it's it's winning tournaments, it's podiuming, and you know, huge events. So I, and yeah. an Azog that's like already really good, and then he gets souped up with all these other things. Like combining that with like just the raw stats of the Hunter Orc profile, I I can see why it wins games. And then, like, you get the, the, the super ambush thing, which is great. You, you do lose um, the Master of Battle, so it's not all perks compared to the Azog's Legion. Yeah, but, I mean, Master of Battle swapped for free heroic combats, like, maybe you the also, Master of Battle is better, but it, they're both really good. You also don't have the heavy armor. Well, that's the one weakness, right? But he, he picks up resistance to magic, or everybody does in the list, I think, which is, like, that's that's really solid. Yeah. Personally, I'm going to go top of Valor. I know that in certain metas, this is really dominant, and it's probably really good at specific points levels. But I'm, I'm just thinking overall here. I think I might still put it below the Black Riders. That's just probably a bit more scary to me. But I would put it above Depths of Moria. Okay, sounds good. Next, we have Vanquishers of the Necromancer. So this one was a very hot topic when this book came out. This is basically the White Council Legion. So you have Elrond, Saruman, Lady of Light, Gandalf, Radagast. Each of them have a special rule. If you guys want to listen to uh, <laughs> the game between Ian and Alex, we have one on, on the Saruman episode. Every single one of these heroes are powered up, and there has been an FAQ since that has uh, toned it down a bit. I mean, I, I I have a game with it, using it, and I mean, maybe we have a bit more of a breakdown of that game in that episode, but it, it basically, at the time, pre-nerf, it's like you're... It, it was also like like the, the Black Riders Legendary Legion. Like, your opponent just couldn't do anything. It didn't matter what they did. Like, they'd charge stuff into you. If they got through your terror, you're like, I don't care. I'm just knocking everything to the floor. You don't... You, I, I just get to roll dice. You don't get to do anything. Now that you can't cast those spells, specifically in combat, it's a little bit harder to use, I think. And there is some counterplay there now. But it's still going to be a difficult Legion to play against. And it still has some good potential. But... Also, you know, it kind of still falls into the realm of being an all-hero list while they're all on foot. So it can lose a lot of scenarios just by virtue of that. You won't die very easily, but you also have to kind of grind out the enemy army, which, you know, might might take a while. And sometimes, like, in a tournament game, you just you don't have at that time to maybe, like, table the opponent. Yeah, this one it it's 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 gonna beat you over the head, but at least you know it's you know what it's, how it does that. It has to be in combat fighting. It's very good. Don't get me wrong, especially when they're all bubbled together and they they all their rules are overlapping and combining. It's it's, a, it's gross, but don't don't fight them at a choke point. <laughs> Even before the nerf, the list still had like the weakness of not having that much mobility and not being able to capture like objectives when you only have five or six models I've, i don't know if i've ever seen a sleigh being taken in the list but that would be your only model that moves over six inches so i assume those weaknesses are even like bigger now that it's been nerfed a little bit so 
there are just some scenarios where you would just lose, right? Like, can you see this list winning in Recon, Reconnoiter? If models break through the line, it sucks for them, but they still have, you know, Saruman can do a command and an immobilize every turn, well, for six turns, and then Radagast can still immobilize, Gandalf can still do a command or an, an immobilize. So, like, things that break through, like, it can pull things back. No, so but it kind of depends on what but, list you're fighting, right? But the issue is that to get off on Recon, the opponent is just going to pile uh, units and models in front of you. Like, because you're a foot model, if you're trying to fight, fight your way through, you're they're going to get to 25%, and then the game will end, right? So it's going to be very, very tough to get your VPs in that. Yeah, the way it wins any kind of scenario like that is, is just by getting leader and maybe breaking points. It's not going to play the actual and then denying you the rest of the points. That's yeah. how it wins. It doesn't get anything for, break, for yeah. running models off. It's not going to be a 12 out. It's going to be like a three or like a five three or something like that but it's doable it's just not very good for it yeah i think this legion is still super annoying to play if you're playing any sort of killy scenario or assassination uh where you have to fight it straight up with the varied uh, scenario packs that we get and with a veto system i i think that takes it down a notch i think it's, it's really like hard to rank it's like I feel like it's like good in half the scenarios, but the ones it's good in, it's like it's pretty terrifying. It's like you don't want to play a fighty scenario with like Sauron or kind of like the Depths of Moria, right? It's kind of like that. But then objective-wise, you're you're kind of okay with most armies. Yeah, it's hard to rank this one because it's really scenario pack dependent. I think I would put it like maybe around where Depths of Moria is. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably above, right? I think, yeah. I think it's above Moria, but probably below Pits. The final Legion we have, Rangers of Mirkwood. So this is the one that everyone's playing right now. <laughs> it's basically, it's Legolas, Toriel, Captains, Sentinels, and Rangers. So this this is a all ranger list. Uh, it's kind of like Rangers of Thalion, but a lot more expensive, and and they're all elves. Was one of these in the top ten at Nova, or was that a, the other rangers list? Someone did finish in the top ten, Nova. So, That's pretty cool. I facing mass elf bows, like anything over like twenty elf bow shots a turn is scary. It's like yeah, and then when they get into combat with you, you know. The troops are just going to stall, or and then the heroes are going to try and do the killing. Yeah. But the issue I, is that the heroes aren't that good at killing. I mean, uh, Tariel with knife fighters is pretty good. Legolas, like all the heroes have knife fighters, so like they they're going to grind out troops. It just depends on like once they they can't fight heroes very well. There's like scenario dependent rules, right? And also board dependent, because there's a one with trees. I mean it's a small buff, but I think the, the main issue is Rangers. They've they've always been a little hard to use because of how like fast they die. And being able to shield helps, but I think what would have been better is if they had a banner reroll. That would would have helped them more, I think. Or they get the upgrade of Toriel's knife fighter and not their crappy one, which 
basically they get no advantage in one-on-one because then the opponent, if they know what they're doing, they're just going to go one base-to-base contact and then one spear support with a banner. And then it's like, do you shield or not? Because every single one of your combats is going to be like that. I, what do you mean? That's the same as Tauros. Tauros just doesn't have a cap to the number of attacks you can go to. Okay, maybe Thranduil yeah. then. Like, what I mean is, like, the, the they, plus they, one need, attack? they need that, like, extra attack, base attack right away as I mean, long as they're in combat. Because, like, the that the issue is the one attack, and then it doesn't matter if they're fight five because they're defense three, right? The instant they lose their fight, they're pretty much done. Yeah, it's really like, it's really situational. Right now, it's sort of like Gorbag, where, like, you need to have priority. You need to move first in order to guarantee your bonus attacks what the shielding rule does though in my mind is it basically means if you're running this list and you have like your basic rangers you're always going to be rolling two dice so you're either going to have two rangers face to face with one model fighting them you're rolling two dice you're either or you're going to have one ranger into two enemy models they get two dice because of knife fighters or it's going to be a one-on-one or like a one-on-one with a spear and you're going to shield does this list have a banner no that's another bad thing, right? Yeah. That's pretty I bad. I mean, no spear support and no banner. Yeah, I, I agree with Charles. I think, like, if it had banner supports, if it was, like, Legolas and Tario provide, like, a, just, like, a regular banner, it'd be pretty solid. But, like, there's still potential there. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Sentinels, I mean, it depends. I don't know how many Sentinels you take in this list. Maybe one or two just, just for the memes. But mm-hmm. I think... As a shooting army, it's it can be pretty scary. But if you go up against an, an army that has a counter to shooting, or it's a scenario where shooting doesn't matter that much, you're starting up close or something like that, this army can fall apart really quickly. It's really scenario dependent. Yeah, like I'm not even yeah. sure you want to get into a shooting duel with a regular blinding light shooting army because you have better bows probably. But then, like, the defense three and, like, your guys are so much more expensive than probably their archers. But everybody has the elven cloak still. Not every board will have the terrain for you to use. I mean, yeah, you have to get creative. You're not going to be hiding 30 models behind stuff with shots. You're going to get half that, maybe. And the other half are just going to be permanently hiding. But you're still going to be pumping out a reasonable number of shots. Yeah. That we can't do anything about. I feel a little bit bad putting this in minor hero because I think there are some matchups where it's just going to straight up win because mm-hmm. just because kind of like the old Rangers of Ithilien where you just put the models down on the table and you and you already know okay I'm I'm going to lose because there are so many bows. I think you will get matchups like that sometimes, but uh, I feel like in combat this army is worse yeah. than Rangers of Ithilien. I do think this one is balanced way better than Rangers of Ithilien is. It's not broken by any means. And I think that's just purely because, like you said, like it's a D3 army. Yeah. It's a, every other army in the game, besides like Hobbits, when they get into it, they're just going to start melting the troops when they win fights, which is big. Assuming your meta isn't like filled with all woodland tables, I'm going to go with either a minor or Fortitude. Some yeah. metas, you know, that are covered with terrain or there are a lot of people playing spiders, then maybe a little higher that's where i'm sitting at just a lot of spider queens <laughs> yeah i know Ian. i know you love your bows but this i think this is a bit of a stretch I, I do have a bit of a dilemma here though like 
I want to put it in minor, but then it also feels off putting it below the Hobbits. <laughs> the thing is, this list is way stronger and way more killy than the Hobbits. Like, there's no no denying that. You can even argue if they face off each other, the the Rangers will win every time. But if you are bringing it to a tournament, let's say a six game tournament where you have to play every pool, personally. I don't know if I would win more games with the Rangers. I don't know. The hob the the sheer numbers you get with the Hobbits is is something. Yeah. Like the yeah. Hobbits you're probably gonna lose the Killy pool. Yeah. But like which one would you rather have when playing like domination or hold ground? I don't well, know. They're both kind of think that hard. No, it's kind of the same though. Like the hobbits are gonna be moving four, so they like they have the numbers to get there, but like are they gonna get there in time? You have like 120 of them. Yeah, but it doesn't 120 of them, if they if you only play like five turns, that that's the maximum distance they move is twenty inches, assuming it's open and there's nothing like hindering their movement. If you're not Ian, you can play more than five turns in two hours. I don't know, man. Have you seen people moving hordes these days? Not these days, every day. So I, I, I take it, you think it's more of a fortitude. I'm still also struggling if it should be fortitude or minor. Now tell me, which is worse? I kind of want to put it in minor, but then maybe drop the hobbits also down to minor. That would be my solution. <laughs> All right, that's that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, but why, why not? They, they deserve each other. They're, I just, because of this current meta where horde armies and having numbers gives you so much advantage, I, I just naturally think, you know, the hobbits have the edge. So maybe put them, give them an edge over the rangers at least, because I, I think having body count is, is pretty important. That's tough. I don't know if I want to do that. Ian? I, I'm not happy that the only elf legion in the game is in minor so you know that's that's not our fault ian you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know man i i would say the hobbits definitely beat the the rangers but if you guys both vote against me then i'll accept the the other way but we're spending way too much time on this legion <laughs> I don't know, like, it's it's a, it's a so annoying, because Legolas is, like, a really good profile, and Toriel's a really good profile, and, like, the army bonus is really cool. But, like, the ranger profile itself is just so, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make up for it. The elves go above the hobbits. They came Okay, six, Richard, tiebreaker. Well, that, that was where I leaned in the first place, so Ian was the tiebreaker. They came sixth or something at Nova. I haven't seen hobbits do that. There you go. Okay, fair enough. Done. Well, that has been our tier list of uh, the three mini supplements. Viewers, let us know what you think, if you agree or disagree with our rankings. And uh, thank you all for watching. Look forward to the next episode of Into the West podcast.